0: It would have been easy not to notice the changing narratives around Aaron Rodgers. They change by the day. They change by the minute. But put them side by side from two months ago and you will be stunned. Plus, for those of you sick of the Aaron Rodgers discourse, and I do not blame you if you are, we're going to talk about the Packers offense potentially getting really weird in a really good way on the show today. You are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We're the your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Pop! Every day. Touchdown. You're Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the leap. There is a lot of new reporting, all of which we're going to get to around the Aaron Rodgers trade. And it's all related to the way I want to start this. And shout out Wendell Ferreira, who pointed this out to me. It is something that I have hinted at and talked about in process. But it's a little bit like weight loss or growing up. You know, you're with your, I have a toddler. I'm with him every day. I don't notice the day-to-day growth. It's only when I look back at six months ago, a year ago, where I go, oh my God, he is an adult now, practically. Not really, right? He's three. But that's a lot different than two and a half, which is a lot different than two. You lose 20 pounds over, you know, six, eight months. You don't notice it day-to-day, but if you look back, Six months ago, there's a big difference. So this is just one example, but I think it is indicative of the way the narrative has changed. And I think it it has affected the way all of us have been thinking about this. And certainly, you know, I have I have talked about the compensation and we're going to continue to talk about the compensation because this is a really important facet here. Um, in the Aaron Rodgers scenario and we're going to talk about some of the reporting lately about it because I think it matters and I think sometimes we forget the Jets have done a really good job of shaping the narrative. That is the only conclusion I think you can come to when you look at the way this has all played out because early on it seemed obvious the Packers were going to get a haul for Aaron Rodgers. This is what Peter King wrote January 23rd Consider that Rodgers' cap number in the next two seasons would be $48.3 combined. That's certainly manageable. As for the compensation due Green Bay, my guess is the Pack would want at least two first-round picks. The Woody Johnson Jets, desperate for a star quarterback, almost since the Broadway Joe days, would happily pay that freight, I'd guess. But would Rodgers accept a deal to the Jets? We shall see. Well, now we know, maybe even on January 23rd, although he hadn't gone to the darkness retreat yet, that... That is exactly what he would want and he would accept. So why has this changed? Well, it's changed probably because Joe Douglas has said, we need to we need to change this. We need to shape the narrative. We don't want to overpay for Aaron Rodgers. Here is Peter King just a week ago. It sounds like Green Bay wants a first rounder in the deal for Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't give it without conditions. But of course, walking in New York City, there's not much time for depth. The more I hear about the Jets' pursuit of Aaron Rodgers, the more it'd scare me, unless—and this is a big unless—it involves at least a verbal agreement that he plays in 2024 as well. Okay, this is this is a week ago, Peter King. Okay, and now here is some more Peter King from yesterday. Uh, The over-under date for Aaron Rodgers is early evening, April 28th. That's when the second round of the NFL draft begins. The Jets have 42nd and 43rd, and I bet one of those picks will be the key to getting this trade done. Aren't they gracious? Aren't they gracious giving up the second round pick that they've had this whole time? 42nd versus forty three. Is irrelevant in the scope of things, value wise. Now it would be, you know, a, a sort of minor victory for the Jets to trade forty three instead of forty two. It would be a little kind of fu to the Packers in a way if that was with a deal that the Packers finally accepted. But that framing almost makes it seem like the Packers are being done a favor by the Jets. Oh well, here's this they'll they'll give you this second round pick that they've had the whole time. If that was what the deal was going to be, it would be done. But it's not done. It's not done. Albert Breer also said he believed a second round pick was the top end of the compensation this year and then there would be future conditions that needed to be put in place. We're at a second round pick. Peter Schrager, who is friends with, by the way, both Robert Sala and Matt LaFleur, talked about going to a dinner with Robert Sala. Talked about this on his TV show as a way to say, I got the intel from Robert Sala. And here is something, this is a a direct quote, a direct quote. The Jets side of it, I think they took the Packers' gratitude for granted And thought they'd be the nice, good soldiers in all of this. I don't think the Packers are looking to do anybody any favors. And he finished by saying, I think the Packers want the 13th pick because, of course, they do. All of this talk of a second rounder is what the Jets are wanting to put out there. They want it to be a second rounder. They want to give up less. When when Brian Gutekunst said, it doesn't have to be a first, then that means it doesn't have to be a first with stuff. We talked yesterday about this idea of you can't give the discount twice. If you're building in the compensation, this one-year run, then it has to be just that, no picks back or no future conditions. It is not the Packers' problem. What happens with Aaron Rodgers beyond this year? And by the way, it shouldn't be precisely because no one can hold the team accountable for something Rodgers is going to decide in a year because the Packers themselves didn't think they'd be in the position that they were having to decide with Aaron Rodgers in a year after signing a big time contract. So if it's going to be play incentives, that works a second this year and a pick that can become a first under relatively simple, straightforward conditions. That may be ultimately where this lands, but the Packers continuing to push for 13. And by the way, the other thing Peter Schrager said, Peter Schrager in New York, pulse of the Jets and the Giants fans absolutely said he thinks Jets fans are getting restless. And here's where this is all getting a little bit confusing. Who really has the info? Who is getting leaked? The stuff that the team wants leaked? All those things. Peter King says he doesn't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be around much this offseason. Doesn't think that's going to be a requirement. Well, why would you want that out there? You would want that out there as a way of saying, look, we don't care if he comes to camp. We don't. So we don't don't have to do this trade before the draft. And for the Packers, you're going, if you're not going to give us the compensation in this draft that we want, then we will wait until after the draft, save us some money And then it's going to cost you a player and a future pick, a future high round pick, a future first round pick, or you're not getting him. The Packers, if they want to be patient on this, they can play hardball in a way that the Jets really can't because they need him in their offseason activities. Albert Breer, again, reporting that he thinks April 17th is the pivot point date because that's when... The offseason activities kick off, and that Rodgers is likely to be traded by then because the Jets would like Rodgers to come to mini camps. By the way, God bless them. If you can get him to OTAs, great. It would be funny, but then you then you need him there by then, not the other way around. The Packers and this is this reporting from Schrager is important. Are not doing anyone any favors. They're not doing anyone any favors. It seems like the Jets thought, okay, Rogers, what you got to say is you want to come play for the Jets and the Packers, they'll just do it. They'll just do it. Except they don't have to just do it. This is not a, a goodwill situation. There is obvious acrimony. When Aaron Rodgers went through his list of thank yous on the Pat McAfee show, he did not mention Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekinst, those are the guys calling the shots right now. You think those guys feel indebted to Aaron Rodgers for anything? Not right now. And by the way, when Aaron Rodgers signed that top of market contract just a year ago, he did what was best for Aaron Rodgers. And now it is up to the Packers to do what is best for the team. There is no, oh, well, we're just going to send you here because it would be nice if us for us to do that. That's not happening, not in this situation, not when you went on McAfee and publicly flamed certain people in the organization and said, I want out. That's, it's just not happening. And so we keep hearing, oh, it's it's the comp, it's the future picks, all that stuff. Everyone says, oh, we feel good about it, we feel good about it, we feel good about it. Yeah, that's because the Jets know that the offer on the table is not the final offer. This is not best and final. They, the, the Packers have the house that the Jets really want. And they know that the Jets have a number that they can go and that they are willing to go to that is higher than the number that they have offered. And they just haven't offered it yet. And the Packers so far seem willing to say, we will wait until we get that offer from you. Your clock is ticking, not ours, because when we open offseason activities, our quarterback will be there. He will be throwing to our receivers. Will yours? It's nine o'clock. Do you know where your quarterback is? New York Jets? If you don't, it's time to give up that first round pick or the first round equivalent, which could be 42 and 43, which could be the way around all of this weird reporting you know both Dan Graziano and Peter King said you know one of those picks could be the key pick that's the word that they used in both cases which which just absolutely reeks of leak leak team leak jets leak oh yeah this is this extra pick this is the key okay 42 and 43 that's a good package and and whatever else that's good that's first round value that is just, it is first round value. So I, I know that there have been a lot of people saying, oh, you got to pump the brakes. You got to pump the brakes. Go back to January when everyone agreed this was going to be a big, good trade for the Packers. And now all of a sudden they're going to, they're going to be lucky to come out of this with a second round pick and a future can, no, I don't think, and this is, this is why the Schrager reporting is important. Robert Sala communicated the desire, the degree to which the Jets want Aaron Rodgers. At a certain point, you have to come off the negotiation and just pay the price. And if you're the Jets, they're going to be the ones to blink first because they have to be because they're the ones asking for the asset. The Packers are the ones with the asset. This is not going to go into July. This is not going to go into August. The Jets can't have that. They can't have it. They need him in camp ASAP. Even if he's not going to show up to, to OTAs, he's got to be in mandatory mini camps. He's got to be at training camp. So this has to get done sooner than later. And there's no indication he's like flying Garrett Wilson out to, to play catch. He's not out training with Alan Lazard and and, you know, Odell Beckham. That's not happening. It's not happening. And by the way, the Jets still need to clear money to make this all happen, which is, again, why Corey Davis is going to be in this trade. All right, more to come on today's show. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. The Built Bar March Madness bracket is still going on, even though we crowned a champion last night. We know you have a favorite bar or puff. And now's your time to make count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. You'll be voting for uh, your, your brownie caramel, salty caramel, I just I just tried you guys. I just tried the cookies and cream puff, not available yet but coming. Oh my I sent multiple messages about it. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of Built not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built bars delivered monthly straight to your door. The best protein bar ever. Why wouldn't you want it delivered straight to your door? High in protein, low in sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate. So run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. So the Packers are hosting Keaton Mitchell for a top 30 visit. Why is that interesting? Keaton Mitchell is a running back from Eastern Carolina. That's not that weird. The Packers need a running back. He's got a relative athletic score of 8.6. That's not that weird. The Packers love athletes. He's 5'7". He's 5'7", 179. Now, he's a really fun player to watch. Um, I, I had not watched him yet in my draft prep and then pulled up some some stuff on YouTube and he's, he's really, really fun. Uh, led the league in yards of 10 plus, or the league. Led college football in, in runs of 10 plus, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, top 15 in missed tackles forced. A really fun, interesting player. Why am I bringing this up? Two of his closest comparable players on Mock Draftable, Dimitri Goodson, Tyler Rubin. Someone, uh, Shout out to whoever pointed this out on Twitter. This is not uh, a Peter thought in terms of the, the close comparables. I did not identify that, but it made me think. It got me to thinking. Amore Rogers was a gadget player, and the Packers said as much. They said, we didn't view him as a receiver. They viewed him as a different type which I took to mean someone who's going to play this specific role for us, kick returner, punt returner, the Tyler Irvin role, the jet role. I think they view that as a separate thing. And I think Matt LaFleur in his heart of hearts would like to have one, if not two players in that role. And by the way, I think someone like Demetri Gibson would be a really interesting player to, to to be there if they trusted him to do the other stuff. This version of the Packers offense, and we haven't talked a lot about the Jordan love of it all. And we're going to get our Gary Anderson interview uh, out here tomorrow if there's no trade. I just think we're going to see so much more of the stuff that makes Sean McVay's offense interesting. And Kyle Shanahan's offense interesting. And Mike McDaniel's offense interesting. And we haven't seen it so much with Zach Taylor because Zach Taylor... Coach is a quarterback who wants to play a specific kind of way. Early on, they they tried to do the outside zone stuff. They tried to make Joe Burrow, Jared Goff. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to live in the gun. They've got the receivers. They've got the horses to run these outside concepts, to run vertical concepts. And they adapted their whole run game to be run out of shotgun. They can run all of their runs now out of, out of the gun. I don't think we're going to see that with Jordan Love, but what is interesting is now Jordan Love did play a lot of gun in college, but he learned and trained to play more under center. So you're not just going to throw out all of that work and it is part of this offense. It is built in. Now maybe we'll see an offense closer to what um, the Rams were running with Matthew Stafford and what we saw from the Packers in 2021. A lot of shotgun, a lot of spread, and, you know, a lot of 11 personnel, even even some four receiver sets. Now the Packers have to have four receivers they want to put on the field. But I think we're going to see way more jet motion, way more orbit motion, way more gadget runs. I I, I know I bring this up a lot, but the Tyler Irvin package in the Seahawks playoff game was so inspired by Matt LaFleur. And the next season in the playoffs against the Rams, he actually he absolutely spammed them with their pony package RPOs with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones in the backfield at the same time against the Chiefs. We saw A.J. Dillon and Randall Cobb in the backfield at the same time. The Chiefs with Jordan Love, by the way. And in that game, a lot of under center play action. Now there was plenty of shotgun stuff in there too not nearly enough quick game for all the blitzing that the Chiefs did in that game, but a lot of under center, a lot of run game, a lot of play action game, boots, designed runs. We saw that in the Lions game as well. We saw it in the the Eagles game, but they played that Eagles game. They're trying to catch up. They played a lot out of the gun. And I think they can do that because Jordan Love is thinking quickly, but in game neutral situations, you're going to see the gadget stuff. We're going to see more 2020 in terms of structure of the offense. And I think that's really good. Because I think, and I I talked about this on, on Twitter, and we talked about it a little on the show. There are a lot of things in this offense that make it easy on the quarterback. And when you have a quarterback that can do more, he doesn't want to do the easy stuff thing is the easy stuff works and you can say okay in the playoffs like Jimmy Garoppolo they didn't score enough in in the Chiefs game okay you lost to Patrick Mahomes like you're going to lose to Patrick Mahomes sometimes Jared Goff they got to the Super Bowl they didn't win yeah well you lost to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick you're going to lose to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick everyone does like, i just don't find those examples to be compelling They they got tremendous success. Kyle Shanahan with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's a a nice player, a good player. One of the top 10 quarterbacks of his generation player. Not a a Hall of Famer. He was the MVP of the league in 2016. The key, under under almost no circumstances should he be the MVP, but he was. Now, it helped to have Julio Jones in his absolute peak. And Mohamed Sanu, best year of his career. Taylor Gabriel at his in his prime, a nice running game, like that was that was a good that was a good team. There the offense does so much of the work, and the Packers w- with Aaron Rodgers, he just didn't want to do that. The defined read stuff didn't want to do it. The vertical RPO stuff didn't want to do it. The the heavy play action stuff didn't want to do it, and so. There's so many things that are in this offense that are a part of when I was scouting the Matt LaFleur offense when I watched it with Marcus Mariota in Tennessee. And I went, oh, that's interesting. That's cool. And they never did it. Now, that was not a good offense. Part of that was because they didn't have a quarterback who could throw for half the year. Marcus Mariota had nerve damage in his elbow. And they had to play, I think they had to play Blaine Gabbard and some other guys. And the offense started getting going when they fully embraced just like, let's give the ball to Derrick Henry a bunch, which not a bad idea. But there's also, they're also throwing to baby Corey Davis and Tajay Sharp. Delaney Walker was hurt that whole season. They didn't have anyone to catch the ball. I think that this Packers receiver core is better and the skill players all together, definitely better. And that Titans team was like fine, passable. Offensively. This Packers defense. They take a little step forward, you hope. Some of these young players, guys like Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Eric Stokes, you get back at some point. You have an opportunity here. But I think the the structure is going to change, and I think we're going to see some surprises in this draft. Maybe some guys that go outside of the norms for the Packers in terms of their types. Some of these smaller gadget players. Maybe some different kinds of receivers. In this offense, some different kinds of tight ends than they've brought in in the past, some different kinds of running backs to actually play running back, not just be gadget players. They're going to be able to do a lot more things because they're going to have a team that, first of all, needs them. And second of all, they're going to have a quarterback who's not going to be in the meeting room going, No, I want to do it this way. And by the way, anyone that wants to get upset that this is just a criticism of Rodgers, because it's not always a criticism. A lot of what they did to put this offense together helped make Aaron Rodgers a two-time MVP, helped the team win 13 games two years in a row. But he did pull them in a direction away from a lot of the stuff that made the offense or would have made the offense easier in a lot of ways. Now they could do it because they could do it because they had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. But when Aaron Rodgers isn't operating at the peak of his powers and when they don't have Devontae Adams, that's when you need that stuff. And last year was when they needed to go to it. And instead, they didn't. They didn't. So it is the kind of thing where I think this is going to change the way that that we view not only the offense, but the kinds of players who fit it because things are going to get weird. We're going to see jet motion, orbit motion, reverses, weird stuff, double passes, all kinds of stuff because – we saw that in Tennessee with Matt LaFleur in his first year as offensive coordinator. He called the double pass the Patriots called in the Super Bowl that Tom Brady biffed. He called that against the Patriots in a game that the Titans won. And it was it was Matt LaFleur's Mona Lisa. It was a beautiful game plan. He had he had that defense, the tendencies scouted to a T. He had the plays off the play, where okay, we ran the dig on this one. Now it is a little you know, whether it's a slugger or whatever, like the, the, the concepts that were scouted, he knew that the Patriots were going to be reading their mail and he had all of the counters. He had all of the counters. It was a magnificent game plan. And that was when I was like, okay, there's something here. It's going to get weird this year and I can't wait. All right. More, uh, This week and on today's show, thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And something cool I want to tell you about, go to LockedOnPodcast.com. And go to lockdownpodcastcom slash newsletters to sign up for your free NFL draft newsletter. Some really cool stuff in there. Um, I, I highly recommend that you check it all out. All right. We are going to be back um, tomorrow with our Gary Anderson interview back from 2020. So that is um, really fun to go back and revisit. I posted a video. Go, go check it out on Twitter. Um, that I put together... About Jordan Love, based on the scouting report that Matt Lafleur and Brian Utikins gave, and a little bit from Greg Cosell, and with clips, just sort of a reminder of like, yeah, this was what they saw. This was the good. This was a little bit of the bad. It's just a good reminder. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fun video. So go check it out. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like when an Aaron uh, so at some point in Aaron Rodgers, it's going to happen, and we're going to talk about it live on the stream, so you can stay Locked on Packers.